Good morning. It's good to have this number out with us for our morning half of our worship service. Again, it's, it's good to have each and every one out with us. And we're going to dive in this morning. And as Brother Daniel read this morning from, from the book of Psalms, as, as I was looking into the scriptures there, as that, at that same opening, I want us to read from uh, Psalms uh, 18, uh, starting in the first verse. And the first and second verse is the verses I want us to look at this morning. And it kind of hit me that these two verses apply to the lesson. The, uh, the idea of the way we should be, who we should be in our everyday walks of life. We should see God radiating from us. And if we don't, if folks in the world do not see God radiating from us, He is not our God. So let's make sure that folks can see God and Christ abiding in us. Whereas abiding in His love, keeping His commandments, we show how much we actually love our God. So we think about God, we think about the, one, the many characteristics of God, God being a very strong God. We look in uh, Psalms 18, verse 1. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength, in whom I will trust. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. We think of the word stronghold. My mind goes to a a fortress or something that's been fortified. When I think of something that's fortified, you're protected. You're protected from outside enemies coming in. But if you don't want to be protected, you just step outside this fortress. You just step outside of God. How do I do? Why would I do that? Why would I choose to do that? Many folks do. Many folks decide to walk in the world. Be of the world as you have been crucified. Those who have been baptized for the remission of sins, you have been crucified to the world. You have cast off the works of the world and the works of the devil. God is now your stronghold. As you abide in his love and abide in his, or keep his commandments, you abide in his love, you are in his stronghold. But when we step outside of that stronghold, guess what happens? We're prone to attacks. We're prone to enemies coming in. You might think of someone trying to break into your house. Well, so much. Satan's trying to break into God's stronghold. And unfortunately, he lures people out and pulls people out of God's stronghold. David says his love, he will love his God, for he knows his strength comes from God. Philippians 4.13, we know that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. God knows that God was a strong God. Well, excuse me, is a, is a strong God. I was thinking past tense as David was writing this. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. God being a rock, being unmoved. God being that fortress that's so fortified that nothing will penetrate it. And my deliverer. He will deliver you on that, on that wonderful day of judgment. And when I think of a wonderful day of judgment, I think of those wonderful words coming from our Lord and Savior. Enter into the joys of your Lord. Not the opposite. The opposite of those who have stepped outside of this fortress. Those who have left their rock. Those who have left their love. Who God is not their deliverer, but Satan. Those horrible words are depart from me, you workers of iniquity. For I never knew you. So as we've read these verses in Psalms 18, turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 16. Many of us know these verses, especially the latter part in verses 22 and 23. 
the idea of the fruits of the Spirit, or the lessons there of the fruit of the Spirit. I want us to think about this morning how we're to walk in the Spirit. As we now know from Psalm 18 that God is our stronghold, or our fortress, our rock, our deliverer. He will deliver us. He will. For He has promised those who are faithful that crown of life, those who are faithful unto death. We again find that in Revelations 2.10, excuse me. So we think about walking in the Spirit. When, I, so when we read here, we're going to see the, 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 the world and the, and the Spirit. They're, they're contrary to one another. It's like oil and water. I use that reference often. It don't mix. I had that example uh, yesterday about the idea of oil and water mixing. It's just it's unusable. It's, it looks it's infallible. It's, it's either one or the other. It'll never mix. Verse 16, Galatians 5. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Notice that word if there is in verse 18. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now this leading the spirit in 2021, in the here and now, is not the same leading of the Spirit as in the first century used in the apostles. If we are led by the Spirit by the faithful obedience to the gospel, as we read and study what God would have us to do, we have a choice to make. Hence the word if. It's not implied that you're already faithful, even though you've been immersed or baptized for the remission of sins. We can walk in the world. We can go out there and behave as a worldly manner. We can turn back to the world. It's an option. Hence the word, if. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Of course, referring back to the old law of sin and death. Back up in verse 16. I say to them, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the, of the flesh. My mind goes back to Romans chapter 6. So as you turn there with me to Romans chapter 6, we're going to begin in the first verse. As we have cast off the ways of the world, we have died to something. Excuse me, as, been, as we have been immersed in those baptismal waters, we have died to something. Do you know what that death was? That death was to the world. That death was to sin. We're going to read that right now. Romans 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And as I get the context of this when I teach these verses, we need to back up. Imagine that. We've got to back up here. And chapter 5, in verse 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. So the question was, is, well, well, let's just help God out by sinning more. If there's more grace than there is sin, we'll just, just sin some more. That question there in verse 1. So that we may help grace abound? No, certainly not. Verse 2. Paul says it. Actually, he screams it. Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Folks, we died to sin. We're not walking of the flesh anymore. Those who have committed their lives, their heart, their everything to God through that baptismal act, responding to the gospel, and began your spiritual walk, you died to sin. You died to it. Your motivations, your means was not to sin. It was to be obedient to God. I hope we realize this. And if you're just now realizing this, 
change needs to happen. Because as we do not change, we are abiding in sin. When we abide in sin, we can't abide in God's love. Now, that's a lot of intake. That's a lot of information to take in. Continuing back in Galatians 5, 16, if we're not walking in the Spirit, we're walking in the flesh. But Paul says to the church in Galatia, he says it, I say then, walk in the Spirit. That is a commandment, an encouragement. Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You put God first in your everyday walk of life. The world's not going to concern you. Sin's not going to concern you. The devil is going to be coming at you from every angle. He's got the snares out there, his enticings. He's trying to trip you up. As you abide in God, as you keep his commandments, and one of his commandments, I believe, is to study his word. So as we learn what God would have us to do, let's do it. Let's do the things that makes it pleasing in the eyes of God, our Heavenly Father. You might say, well, I have to be in the world. I have to walk out there in the world as, as others would walk, and I, and I have to be out there. Most assuredly, we do. Again, that parable of the wheat and tares we find in the, in the Gospels, and we find that and the tares had to live with the wheat until the day of reaping. And that's judgment day. But what happens between your beginning of your spiritual walk until reaping day or judgment day? What happens between those two periods is up to you. I can't force you. You can't force me. You can pull the wool over men's eyes, but definitely not God's eyes. You can trick men, but you can't trick God. Now, when I say that, as you come in on Sunday morning, you come in on Wednesday night, you have your Bible class, you have your two worship services, and you're, you're making a show. What do you look like when you're separated from your church home, from your family members, from your brothers and sisters in Christ? Who do you look like? Do you look like a Christian? Do you look like a child of God? Because listen to verse 17, you can't have both. You ever, you ever heard the term having your cake and eating it too? Verse 17. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. So if I'm a child of God and I look like a worldly person on a Thursday evening or even on a, a, a Monday when I'm separated from my brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm a fleshly person. They're contrary to one another. Remember the oil and water, they're not going to mix. It's displeasing in the eyes of God. I'm trying to pull the wool over men's, but God sees it. He sees it. And I'm here to tell you right now, all things will be revealed on Judgment Day. All things. So if you are trying to be a worldly person while being in the church, and when I say that, in concordance with verse 17, if you're walking in the flesh while trying to be in the Spirit, folks, we see that in verse 17. They're contrary to one another. One lusts against the other. They pull apart. Come on, bookmark. Turn back over with me to Romans chapter 8. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8. 
Listen to verse 6. Listen to verse 6. Actually, back up in verse 5 of Romans chapter 8. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. We use this along with Galatians chapter 5 and 17. They're contrary to one another. You can't have both. For if you are spiritually minded, you will not be a fleshly minded person. But on the opposite of that spectrum, if you are a fleshly minded person, you can come back over and be a spiritually minded person. You can give up sin. You can make the choice to give up the world, to give up sin, to give up this fleshly walk, to give up that carnal mind in Romans chapter 8. You can give it up and cast it out of your mind. Having no longer any participation with it, Jeremy, what are you talking about? I'm talking about baptism. That's exactly what I'm talking about. I'm talking about changing your life, changing the outcome of your spiritual response from God on Judgment Day. There's either one or the other. And there's two destinations. One way better than the other. I don't want to sugarcoat it. Here it is plainly. One heaven, one hell. It's either one or the other. And our lives depict our destination. We're judged of our deeds. How have our deeds been? Have they been spiritual? Or have they been carnal or fleshly? It's either one or the other. So my encouragement, to cast off the works of the devil. Cast it off. Because folks, he can't avail us one thing. Because we learn in Romans 6 and verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is everlasting life in Christ Jesus our Lord. He offers us life. He offers us everlasting life in heaven. But unfortunately, when we fall short, when we, when we sin, when we stumble, we need some encouragement to come back to God. We need that rock bottom, if you will. Remember the prodigal son? He hit rock bottom. He couldn't go no further. He realized he, read, he was dying. Folks, we're dying spiritually when we separate ourselves from God. Let's not separate ourselves from God. Let's walk in the Spirit and have nothing to do with the flesh. Now let's look at the works of the flesh in verse 19 of Galatians 5. Galatians 5, verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, Contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, rivalries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not, that word not is there, will not inherit the kingdom of God. The works of the flesh has to be cast out of our hearts, cast out of our minds. We don't want anything to do with it if you are to enter into the kingdom of God. Period. It cannot exist in the kingdom of God, nor will it. As we're in the middle of our studies in 1 Corinthians, of course Paul was called out. There was a problem there. Sin was being involved, and Paul was trying to get that sin out. With a loving heart and a loving hand, he was trying to get that sin out of that church. Why? Because the church was condoning it. Uh-oh. 
There was the problem. A couple of problems, actually. And Paul said, I write this in hope. I write this in hope that you will have in participation of my hope. My hope this morning is that you're abiding in God, that you are following His commandments, that you are walking in the Spirit. Because as we had that list of the sinful things that are of the world, verses 19 through the first part of verse 20, all those things, if we participate in any one of those things, just one, Folks, sin is sin. Let's not get me wrong. We learn in Romans 6, 23 that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Savior. Let's not, have, let's, not expect, let's not expect death. Let's not be involved in sin. Let's not have any participation in verses 19 through the first part of verse 20 because the end of verse 20, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now let's look at the positive end of that spectrum. Well, if there's a kingdom of God to be had, let's, let's learn how we are to enter into the kingdom of God. Let's learn, learn how we should behave. Let's learn how we should conduct ourselves. Galatians 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is these things. The fruit of the Spirit is these things. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And of course, against such things there is no law. We see these examples. They're almost opposite of the works of the flesh. One or the other. If I was to pick one out time-constraining, I would use kindness. I used that example this morning unintentionally, but kindness. How do we show kindness for individuals? Let's look at Jesus Christ's life. He showed kindness for those individuals. He might have did some rebuking. He might have said, well, he drove those folks out with a whip. He could have done a whole lot worse. But he was our Lord and Savior. He was our spot-free sacrifice, and he was obedient to his father unto death, and he was showing the point how wrong those folks were. Those money changers out there in the, in the foyer, if you will, in the, in the house of the temple of God, he said, how dare you? How dare you turn the house of God into a den of thieves? He ran them out with a whip. And of course they got out of there. That's how angry he was. The scriptures also tell us we can be angry, but sin not. Kindness. Have we extended kindness for an individual? Just one. Just one individual. Have we done that recently? I'll tell you a wonderful example. A lot of folks don't like it. and I, I was kind of... It caught me off guard that this person didn't like this gesture of kindness. Open a door for an individual. Opening a, Just as simple as open a door for an individual and allowing them to enter into a building more easily. That's an act of kindness. That's just one. How about preparing a meal for someone? That's an act of kindness. How about making a phone call for an individual? That's an act of kindness. Just That's just one of the examples that we have of the fruits of the Spirit. We have many. Time constraining, I can't go through all of them. But I want us to notice one thing. We see the works of the flesh, that carnal mind that we cannot have because the results of that is dead. We see that going on in the world everywhere. We see all these things in verses 19 through the first part of verse 21. We can see it running rampant in the world. Let's make sure it's not running rampant in us. 
Let's make sure we have purged these things out of our lives. Because as a child of God, someone who has been immersed or baptized for the remission of their sins has something different. We don't look like the world. We cannot look like the world. For a child of God cannot sin. That mindset of sinning and being disobedient to God, we can't have that mind at all. So verse 25 of Galatians chapter 5. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. We use this example, Brother Artis used this example this morning in class. If you're going to walk the walk, talk the talk, or talk the talk and walk the walk. If you're going to call yourself a Christian, behave like Christ. You might say, well, that's a tall order. That's a very tall order. Nobody said being a child of God was going to be easy. Jesus Christ left a perfect life, or lived a perfect life. We have an opportunity to be complete. I didn't say perfect because nobody in this world is perfect anymore. Nobody. Since Christ left, nobody's been perfect since. So let's make that our goal. Let's make that our mission in life to be Christ-like, which is what the term Christian means in the first place. So as we walk in the Spirit, we're not going to have anything to do with the works of the flesh. You know the originator of the works of the flesh? You know who that is? Satan. Oh, Satan. And Satan has his place reserved. You know where that place is? Lake Fire. Lake Fire. So turn with me to, I don't, have a, I don't have a bookmark there, so turn there with me to Revelations and verse 20. Revelations verse, uh, chapter 20, excuse me. Chapter 20, verse 10. The devil. Remember, the originator of the works of the flesh. The originator and the anticipator of death. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and they will be tormented day and night forever. Well, you might say, well, that's just the devil. That's where the devil's going to be. Well, of course, that's where the devil's going to be. I'm not going to be there because I'm just a good person. Well, being a good person isn't enough. You might be the most wonderful, helpful, kindest person that's ever lived upon this earth. And yet to respond to the gospel or to be immersed for the for the remission of sins. Baptism. You have yet to do so. Because you're still wearing sin. Revelations 21, 8. Might even be in the same opening. Revelations 21, verse 8. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexual immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and notice this, all liars. And all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Folks, it's the same place. It's the same place, Revelations 20, verse 10, and 21, verse 8. It's the same outcome if we are walking in the flesh. Let's not walk in the flesh. Nobody outwardly, outwardly say, well, I want, to be, I want to burn with fire and brimstone for eternity. No one would outwardly say that. But our actions speak otherwise because we can see the works of the flesh everywhere. We can see it. Let's don't participate in it. Because if we're participating in the works of the flesh, uh, we will not inherit the kingdom of God. I won't, I won't let that sink deep. I won't let that sink real deep. 
Because how easy is it to lie? Pretty easy. I've heard it very recently. It's kind of heartbreaking. Let's make sure we're participating in the fruit of the Spirit. Let's make sure we're wearing Christ on Judgment Day. Because as we learn from... I just lost my bookmark. I pulled it straight out of there. There it is. As we learn from Colossians chapter 3 and verse 4. Colossians 3 verse 4 and I'm going to close. Let's make sure Jesus Christ is our life. Let's make sure Christ is our life and let's make sure we're walking in the Spirit. Because if we're walking in the Spirit, being immersed and took Christ on, put Him on through baptisms, Galatians 5 27, we think about this. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 4. When Christ, who is our life, appears. This is the second coming. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And that's heaven. Our goal. Our eternal promise. As we remain faithful. Let's make sure we're wearing Christ. Cast off the works of the devil. Cast off the works of the flesh. Walk in the spirit. In our everyday walk of life, and I'll add this just about to every lesson, every lesson, 1 John 1, 7. Walking in, this, walking in this world just as God himself would walk. Make sure we're walking in the light. Make sure we have that fellowship with God. So, that we, so as we can let the blood of Christ cleanse us from all sin. Christians, used to be Christians, I want to be, I want to be clear. When I say used to be Christians... I'm referring to those who have been immersed and walked away. I want to be clear. You need to come back. You need to come back to God. You need to give up the works of the devil. Turn your back on him and turn your face to God. Ask him for forgiveness and repent of your sins. Confess your sins. So as he may restore you. So as you can yet be called a child of God. He is once again. Those who have yet to be immersed... Those who have yet to put Christ on through baptism, folks, that's how you get the remission of sins. That's how you get that cleansing power of the blood of Christ. And it works in us actively every single day. If you have not yet received that, well, your day on, excuse me, your day on judgment is going to be a grim one. You can fool me. You can fool your friends. You can fool your neighbors. You're not going to fool God. He's actively watching and He knows. Those who are His will be revealed. Right there. Again, we learn that in Colossians 3, verse 4. If we appear, whenever Christ appears, and we are wearing Him, and we are Christians, truly Christians, not calling ourselves Christians, behaving like Christ Himself, then our home is heaven. Is that your home this morning? Or is it not? If it's not, let's repent of our sins. Let's get forgiveness of that this morning. Don't take another step. Don't take another breath. Let's get forgiveness. Let's be restored. You need to do so. I don't want to do so as we stand, as we sing a song of invitation.